to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. Do you ever think that you're too old to accomplish something? Do you spend a lot of time thinking about how much you dislike growing older? Are you critical of yourself and your body? If you answered yes to any of those questions, this episode is for you. I'm talking to the legendary Brooke Shields. She's a model and an actress who's appeared in movies and TV shows and been featured on the cover of magazines across the globe since she was a teenager. And now at the age of 56, she's talking about ageism. It's something she's experienced in Hollywood, but something she says is a problem outside of acting and modeling too. She's now on a mission to help people redefine what life can be like after the age of 40, 50, and beyond. Some of the things she talks about in this episode are the stereotypes of aging that she's combating, how she's discovering new passions in her 50s, and the steps she's taking to deal with the negative thoughts she has about growing older sometimes. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the therapist take. It's the part of the show where I'll break down Brooke's mental strength building strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Brooke Shields on how getting comfortable growing older can help you grow mentally stronger. Brooke Shields, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So recently, I've heard you speaking a lot about the importance of getting more comfortable with whatever age we are, that there used to be a time where we thought 40, 50 was old. And now we're realizing that life has changed. You don't have to uh, retire in your late 50s anymore. You don't have to take a break from life. But instead, I've heard you talk about how life can just begin as you get older. Well, it, it is very, very true. I think, well, not only are we living longer, but um, just the, the sort of narrative around aging is, is changing. And, and my messaging, which is why I started Beginning Is Now, my company was based on that because I said, you know, I've done all of these things. I've raised my children, one's in college. Um, don't have the other one for too much longer before she goes to college. And, and, I'm finding myself sort of saying, oh, well, what's next? And I, and a lot of my, almost every one of my friends is, is sort of pivoting and starting new chapters. And I thought, well, we're not represented. Um, we're not represented in the um, alcohol industry. Ageism exists, obviously, in my industry, and you expect it from my industry. But I mean, you shouldn't expect it, but that has been historically what what it has been. And so to see it in just life, when this is the period of my life that I feel finally much more confident and less complicated and very clear about what I want and who I am. And, and that's only come with years. You know, one of the things I think that helped too was a few years ago when J-Lo performed in the Super Bowl and that meme was going around about the Golden Girls, a split screen that showed the Golden Girls on one side and J-Lo at another and it said, your 50s don't have to be about sitting in a rocking chair. It's not about retiring. Instead, we can still be vibrant. We can still be happy. We can still make it a fresh start in life. Well, the, the point is we are 
you know, we that is what we are experiencing, you know, and I think it's, you know, it 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 is a it's slightly we've just become used to what how how we're spoken about and we're told oh you hit a certain age and they just put you out to pasture oh your ovaries are no longer you know gonna make the world continue so we're just gonna kind of lump you over there and and just say you've had a good run and and it's just so not the true truth you know i mean i don't i don't feel it um and people that I see around me. And luckily there are companies like Claude Dubois. There are companies, um, you know, like Prospect Farms. There's companies that I'm sort of really collaborating with that are focusing on the vitality that comes from this age and from living a full life and how to keep celebrating yourself. So what do you think, where do you think that idea came from that once you get to be a certain age, that life is kind of over? Um, I mean, I think it has to do a bit with procreation just historically. Um, and I think that there's, you know, and then it, it, in talking about menopause, it's, it's looked at as you're some, you know, just this withered, dried up you know, entity. And I think that the, that type of, you know, it, that type of messaging is something that we got used to accepting because everything is for younger people. You know, it's it's flashy and it's and it's made you know fabulous and and that's the idea. And the idea is, oh, that's the only time you're really ever you know alive and vibrant. And I think that we just we've gotten used to it. Um, and I obviously didn't think to question it when I was in my twenties. It wasn't until I got past 50, where I thought, wait a minute, there's nobody out there talking to me. They're not, they're, they're overlooking me. And, you know, I've been fighting ageism in, in Hollywood probably since I was about seven. (laughs) It starts then in Hollywood. Um, but it really, it's sexiness doesn't have to just be a young person's, um, reality, you know, the commodity of of speed of being sexy and being vibrant and and not being burdened by so many of the things that burden you, whether it's your biological clock or you know the way things are laid out for you because that's what traditionally is done. All those burdens really do shift and take on a different um, they take on a different look and a different meaning. Really, when it starts, I mean, in your 40s, that's when I started to just really not waste time on things that just didn't serve me or make me feel good about myself. There's so much pressure when you look at magazines that target women or advertisements about the importance of looking younger to try to make yourself appear like you're more youthful, that really youth is where it's at. How do we fight against that idea that it's okay to be older? Well, and you know, listen, I could... could argue that I I am part of that problem. You know, I, I I'm in that I'm in the advertising world, and and you know the way I look has always been you know sort of first and foremost what people kind of pay attention to, and and that was just that was my job, you know, over over the course of the decades. But I I think that I I really think that. It's it is it is changing. I mean, inclusivity 
is you are seeing it. You are seeing it gender-wise. You're seeing it um, body-wise. What we what we are saying is a, a body, a real body, not just this one thing and not just this one thing. And it's about kind of keeping the dialogue going. But sometimes it just starts at home. You know, we, I do it. You, you, how can you not pick somebody out and say, oh, I want to do that. What are they doing? And, and I think the thing that's the most important is not just necessarily, yes, if someone has achieved something or they are physically fit in a way that is attractive to you or that's what you want, learn from them, ask questions. But when it gets right down to it, you're only going to be able to find the happiness and the confidence and the peace and the acceptance of your uniqueness inside you, you know? And I think if, when you start to realize how the uniqueness and individuality of, of, of people and women, your friends, and then you listen to how they beat themselves up or they, the one thing they don't like, they make set the precedence for their whole. And I think the more that I started to just support my friends and compliment them on things that I think are beautiful, you know, naturally really curly hair, like, you know, I've always want, I've always wanted to have more, you know, waves and, you know, or whatever the thing is that you focus on, you know, and the more you sort of start going outside of yourself, instead of comparing yourself, I mean, parent comparison is just the kiss of death. Um, and we all do it. And I, I have to remind myself daily not to do it. Um, so it's a human condition. But I really do think the more that you kind of celebrate other people, it starts to reflect back to you. And you start to say, instead of, oh, we need to homogenize what perfection is, we start realizing the beauty of it is how different we all are. Yeah, if there's something that you don't like, then try to be healthy in the way you want to change it. Or if there's a procedure that, you know, you've, you've always hated something and you, I mean, I think I just, I don't, I don't say don't do anything. I say, listen, really try to be honest about what makes you happy because it's got to be inside. You know, it's not, oh, if I just lose five pounds, I'll be happy. Or, oh, if I just, my nose look different, I'll be happy. You might want to lose five pounds. You might not. You might not like your nose, maybe you never like, I don't know, but whatever it is, you've got to start within yourself first and then say, okay, this, I, I do not want to have this be a part of my life. What are my options? And I think that when you come at it from a different place, instead of, oh, I want to look like that. So I'm going to get this done. That's when I think we start changing how we see ourselves. Um, and I think that that's, a much safer, healthier, smarter way to go about making small changes that are going to have a big impact on your life. And how do we find that balance between self-acceptance and self-improvement when you say, okay, I'll be happier when, or do you just accept this is how I look now? I think it's, it's harder, it's easier said than done, obviously. But, you know, okay, if, if you're only a certain height and you want to be taller, might not be the easiest thing to achieve, but find a great pair of heels, you know, and, and enjoy that. Or, but if it's, you know, I think that you have to really, the balance has to come daily. It doesn't, I don't think you achieve it. And then you're there, you know, it's like housework. Housework is never done. 
you know, being put in shape, you know, getting in shape. You don't just do it once and then stay in shape for the rest of your life, you know? And I think you have to, it's hard because I think it starts with really asking yourself positive questions. What do I love about my body? What do I love about my height? What do I love about, and all the things, and you'll find answers to these things. And I think that when you start asking yourself more positive questions, and it's not, you know, kumbaya, it's just saying like, okay, why don't I go through and instead of picking apart the things I hate, the things I pick apart every day and completely forget about all the things that are really unique and wonderful about me. Then you start seeing yourself differently. Then when you start seeing yourself differently, you start making different choices to support that amazing, beautiful, unique, different person. But you have to practice it. (laughs) Absolutely. On an ongoing basis. And when you see women who are unhappy with themselves, do you find, is it usually about their appearance? Is it more about what's going on in their lives that they aren't where they thought they would be at a certain age? Sometimes we set up these expectations of where we think we're going to be when we hit a certain milestone and we're not there yet. Because I know you started this uh, project, Beginning Is Now, where you probably hear from lots of women about the the struggles and their experiences as well as the things they're celebrating. Well, what's been interesting is a lot of the time it's about appearance, for sure. And that's why at Beginning Is Now, we started with the five minute workout, the one and done, the the meaning like, you know, this is five minutes you can do. This is 10 minutes you can do. Or even if you just dance like an idiot around your house, your the adrenaline is a positive thing. Like so we, we made it sort of very palatable and and that kind of was our launching pad. But what I'm noticing for women over a certain age, so it's it it still may be about weight or whatever beauty thing that, that, that kind of comes to this sort of the outside. But what I've noticed lately is this real um, confusion and fear as to, as to what their next step is. You know, what, what is, how do you pivot? What, okay, you've done all these things, or maybe you haven't done some things and you want to do them, or you've raised kids and they're all gone. And what are you supposed to do? Just you know, run the PTA. It's like, no, there's, ask yourself, really, they're starting to say, I've always wanted to learn this. And then, and I always say, well, start, find a class, take up, for instance, I've never cooked, right? I just never lived a life that had any regularity to it. Um, And I'm starting to want to learn from people and start a little of that. You know what I mean? I don't think I'm going to become a cook and, or am I going to, you know, necessarily wow my family, but that's something that I never did before. I'm, I encourage people, women that come to me with that. And I say, when you start to actually take steps to decide how you want to live your days. and, And I know that That also sounds easier said than done, but you'd be surprised how small little, little teeny changes can impact the way you then even see yourself. And that can look like anything, but I, I, that's, I've been getting a lot more of that within like once 40 happened, but then another thing has happened. And this is another thing that we really 
try to get the conversation moving is just because you've hit a certain age doesn't mean you can't get in shape or it's all over. You know, yeah, your hormones change the way maybe you put on weight or change the way you can exercise or you're, you know, maybe you've got old injuries. So the, the adjustment, there's an adjustment that, that needs to be made. But, um, and, but that is what it, you have to really sort of start, start in a small way. And then, and I say, you know what, that you don't get to just hide behind being of a certain age. And all of a sudden, now you don't want to be healthy and in shape because, oh, well, I'm starting to gain it around my stomach now. Okay. So find a good ab workout. You know, it's not, it's not an excuse because if we're complaining about it, we don't get to use it as an excuse as well. I mean, it's interesting. The the narrative that I'm trying to change is the same narrative that the Clos du Bois wine is starting to try to change. You know, they say like the ageism that's in advertising for that. Same thing goes with, it's not just, you know, workout clothes or something. It's, it's, it's in al- alcohol too. You know, Chardonnay is said to be the old people's wine. Well, okay. I, I don't understand that. If by old, you mean wiser, more confident, stronger, arrived, you know, energetic, you know, I think that that they're trying to change the sort of the whole wording around um, how they're, how they're advertising towards this community. I mean, they did research. We've done a lot of research and you get all these percentages, but only, um, what did they say? 37% of people who are 55, maybe older, felt like they were authentically represented when it came to ads for wine or, you know, and I, th- I think that's interesting. There's a whole lot of people <laughs> that are left. Right. And I think that happens so much with advertising that we just see younger people are the ones that have fun. They're the ones who are beautiful. They're attractive. They're out there doing stuff. They're changing the world with the idea that once you hit a certain age, that chapter of your life has closed and now you're supposed to move on. But more and more, we're seeing that people are just launching their first business at 50 or they're writing Mm -hmm. their first book. We just had somebody on our show who wrote her first book in her late 80s. That life doesn't have to end. You can still learn. You can still go out there and do some amazing things. And it's not too late. No, and I also think what we do is we also appreciate, you know, our friends, communing with our friends. We rely on, you know, maybe it is just a glass of Chardonnay <laughs> and you talk to your friends and laugh. You know, the importance of community and in lifting each other up and all of that kind of really leads into this beautiful, untapped sort of chunk of time. You know, it's either you know, you're hot and sexy and fabulous or you're, you know, dentures or something, <laughs> you know, or diapers or, and there's right. this whole <laughs> contingent, you know, in, in what now is more the center. So one last question for you, for somebody who's not comfortable with whatever age they are, what tip or advice would you have for them? Find people who are in that age bracket and find people that inspire you that are that age. And, and try to learn from them and try to find similarities with yourself in them. What triggers you about what they do? 
Do they wear red lipstick? Do they just, oh, that one wears jewelry this way? Or God, I always wanted to, you know, be able to, whatever. And, and see how you can, see how you can um, not compare yourself because that's not what I mean. I mean, try to find inspiration from people who do profess and talk about why they're comfortable, what their struggles are, you know, none of us are without struggles and really just sort of say, aren't I lucky to have gotten another year? Or aren't I, isn't it amazing that I'm, I still get to wake up in the morning and I still get to do, I, you know, there's a lot, we forget about that. You know, I mean, my God, if we don't, if that isn't right in our face now with what's going on, I mean, how do we have anything to complain about? You know, I mean, I, I understand it, but but I think that that's the, you know, just try to say, wow, you really want to be a teenager again? I don't know. Remember how angst-ridden that was? I look at my 16-year-old and I'm like, no way do I want to, you know, be be that other person. Um, Courtney is a class is a really good friend of mine. And I did, I was on friends just one time and it basically changed my life. But she's someone who is like started playing the piano. I don't know at what age, but she directed the the, the campaign for Clos de Bois. And she's someone who really does, I mean, she keeps herself in unbelievable shape, but she owns, she started really directing. I mean, she wasn't directing in her younger, younger years. And now she's had this life. She's, she's a mom. She's, you know, gone through many different things in her life. And she's bringing all of that to this newfound sort of phase in her life. And, you know, in, in our industry, it may seem a little bit clearer because if you were an actress, maybe you could direct, but you know, you said that writing a book or or traveling or learning a skill or picking up the piano or what have you always wanted to do and didn't think you could do it? A friend of mine is 64 now and she's had a trauma in her life and she decided because of a friend of hers to take a ballroom dancing class. And now she's at 64 or five, the champion ballroom dancer of her age bracket in in the States. And I love it. Travel. So it's like, just don't get, don't get small. Try to, try to widen your vision a little bit. I agree. Be inspired by people, but don't compete with them. Brooke Shields, thank you so much for being on the Very Well Mind podcast. Thank you very much. Very well mind. I love that. It's where, <laughs> it, it's where it all starts. The rest falls into place if that's real. I agree completely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is a part of the show where I'll break down Brooke's mental strength building strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. Here are three of Brooke's strategies that I highly recommend. Number one, celebrate other people. It's easy to grow frustrated that other people don't seem happy for you or to be upset that no one has complimented you on something. But it's important to step back and ask yourself, when was the last time that you said kind things to someone else? I like that Brooke talked about the importance of celebrating other people and how when you notice good things other people are doing, it can help you see the good things about yourself too. Whether your friend buys a new car or your sibling is taking up weightlifting, cheer them on. 
celebrate their accomplishments, compliment their efforts, and genuinely focus on the positive things they're doing and watch what happens to your attitude about your own life. Number two, acknowledge what you love about yourself. As Brooke says, most of us are quick to point out what we don't like about ourselves. We think about those physical features we wish were different, or we put ourselves down for not being smart enough or not being good enough. It's important to proactively go after the good things about you, whether you love that your legs are strong or you appreciate that you're a good listener. Remind yourself of those things often. Imagine how you'd feel if you spent more time thinking about the things you loved about yourself rather than all the things that you don't. Of course, you're not going to change your thinking patterns overnight. Those negative thoughts about yourself won't disappear. But you can get more intentional about thinking about the things you appreciate about yourself and reminding yourself might help you feel a little bit better. And number three, connect with people who are doing exciting things. While one 60-year-old's going to be content watching TV all day, every day, another one's going to run their first marathon, write their first book, or launch their first business. In fact, there was an ultra marathon in the Florida Keys a couple of weeks ago. That means it involved running 100 miles in 85 degree weather. Most people who start the race never finish. But I looked at the list of people who finished, which was probably about 25% of the people who started. And there were several people in their 60s. In fact, there were more 50 or 60 year olds than 20 somethings who finished the race. I love that these people decided they were going to run a 100 mile race at a time when most of us start slowing down. Imagine if you were surrounded by people who set out to accomplish incredible things at all stages of their life. But don't get me wrong, not being able to run an ultra marathon at any age doesn't mean that you lack health or that you're not mentally strong enough. But the point is, look at what you might be able to accomplish if you went big. The people you spend time with greatly affect how you view yourself and how you view the world. So if the people around you think life is all about being young and youthful, you might adopt that belief too. But if you are surrounded by people who are doing exciting things at all ages, like learning a new skill, taking a new class, or venturing out to new places, you'll be more likely to see that you can do those things too. Excitement for life is contagious, but so is a defeatist attitude. And it's really easy to say, well, just surround yourself with amazing people. But sometimes that's tougher to do. If the people in your life aren't excited about the future, find some people who are. Just keep in mind that while it's great to be physically surrounded by those kinds of people, a next best option is to connect with them online. You might find a forum for people who are like you, but you don't necessarily have to know someone in person to be inspired by them. You might follow someone who inspires you on social media or listen to their books or their music. That could go a long way toward changing the way that you view getting older. In fact, we recently interviewed Edith Eager on this podcast. She was in her late 80s when she wrote her first book, and she wrote her second book in her early 90s. She's proof that you're never too old to do something. She also happens to be a Holocaust survivor. To hear her story, go back and listen to episode 167, and it might inspire you to do something that you thought you were too old to do. So those are three of Brooke Shields' tips that I highly recommend. Celebrate other people, acknowledge what you love about yourself, and connect with people who are doing exciting things at any age. To hear more about the things Brooke is doing, check out her website, beginningisnow.com. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind Podcast. 
If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.